Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hello and welcome and thank you for joining me. Today is uh, June the 1st uh, of 2016. Man, I... Boy, it sure has been flying by six months already of this year and six more months to go, and this one will be done. In the meantime, Heavenly Father, we just thank you. I thank you, dear Lord. I thank you for all that you have done so far this year and what you continue to do each and every day. And Lord, I just thank you for the weather, and I pray for those, Heavenly Father, that are suffering uh, from the weather, especially those that are in Texas with uh, the enormous rain they've been given, dear Heavenly Father. And I just pray, Lord, that you just keep them, <coughs> keep those that are in way of these storms and, and these floodwaters safe, dear Lord. Um, I know that um, you've, you, you've made mention of this, you know, you said in the latter days the weather would be crazy, and we are definitely seeing crazy weather and I just pray Lord that you just um, keep us in your hands dear Lord those uh, that uh, that you protect and love dear Heavenly Father you love us all but those that call upon your name and believe in their heart who you are and what you're about and what they're supposed to do Lord I just ask and pray that you just keep them safe and those that respond to those that need uh, help and care, and Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just uh, keep them in in your hands, dear Lord. And now, Lord, I pray that you just bless these words. Let me speak that uh, as I read uh, this, uh, know the word of Jesus in 30 days, and those that uh, believe in you and love you, Lord, that you uh, you just enlighten their faith. And those that don't know you, dear Heavenly Father, I just pray that you just prick their hearts, you know, tickle their ears so that they will want to know more about you. And I just give you all the praise in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, I hope that uh, you enjoyed your um, holiday season there. Uh, you know, the uh, three days off, if that's what you had. Uh, I know I enjoyed mine, spent time with family and friends, which was really enjoyable. And, of course, you know, was a <coughs> had a chance to, you know, in my heart, uh, honor those that have passed away <coughs> in, in death in service to this country. Okay, so we're going to get started here. Salted with fire. The Hazards of Being Disciples At the heart of all today, Jesus speaks words of warning and comfort to his followers, telling them that living the life of faith leads to persecution, yet they can find peace through it all if they keep their minds fixed on eternity. No one could ever accuse Jesus of sugarcoating the nature of discipleship. As we saw in the previous chapter, he was blunt about telling disciples and would-be disciples 
what it entailed. Jesus was the supreme realist, and he would not mislead disciples about what being a disciple meant and what the world was like. But in a world where, as the saying goes, no good deed goes unpunished, Jesus assured his followers that the life dedicated to God was worth whatever annoyances and persecutions the world might dish out. As we read through the chapter, keep in mind that the theme of being persecuted for faith is not a matter of ancient history. People are vaguely aware that the apostles were persecuted and that the early Christians were often persecuted by the Romans. But persecution continues. Hopes that the 20th and the 21st centuries would be times of peace and tolerance for all faiths have not been realized. The story of the persecution of righteousness has no end in sight. A key term for today, word, world. The Greek word, cosmos, means the world and everything in it. Jesus and his followers are already part of the kingdom of God. Thus they face the hostility of the sinful world that has no grasp of spiritual realities. But Jesus promised they will overcome this world. Wise doves, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes, as innocent as doves. That's Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Here's an interesting mix of annual <coughs> animal smiles. Jesus' followers will be sheep among wolves. That is harmless among the harmful. In this situation, they must be both wise and gentle. Although snakes often symbolize evil, here they symbolize wisdom, shrewdness, and cunning. A gentle dove without shrewdness is adequately equipped as is a shrewd snake without gentleness. Being gentle and innocent in a world that can be callous and cruel is a good thing, but is far better to be both innocent and wise. To see the world as it is, and to approach life with a sense of mission and purpose. The Apostle Paul, a wise man himself, understood what Jesus meant when he spoke about doves and snakes. In regard to evil, be infants, but in your thinking, be adults. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 20. I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. Romans chapter 16, verse 19. A marketing expert of today will tell Jesus he was not pitching his message in the right way, telling listeners that the life of faith would be a life of sheep among wolves was bound to cause some people to turn away. But appealing to the largest number of people was never the goal in Jesus' teaching. His words were designed to appeal to those who Enjoy a challenge, those who view life as something more than the search for security and comfort. A heroic challenge calls out the best souls. Those who are tough-minded and have tough souls are never attracted to a teacher who promises the bland 
an easy life. Eyes wide open. Be on your guard against men. They will hand you over to the local councils and flog you in the synagogues. On my account, you will be brought before governors and kings as witnesses to them and to the Gentiles. When they arrest you, do not worry about what you say or how to say it. At that time you will be given what to say, for it will not be you speaking, but the Spirit of your Father speaking through you. And that's Matthew, verse 17, chapter 19 and 20. Be on your guard. It is not meant to instill fear or paranoia, but to warn the disciples that spreading the faith has its dangers. As always, Jesus is forthright about what being a disciple entails. The sad part of Jesus' words here is that he is warning not only of government persecution, but prior to that, persecution by the apostles on religion. The pattern was set by the Jewish authorities' harsh reaction to Jesus himself. But sadly, it has continued throughout the centuries as religious authorities dole out of their cruelest punishments for those of their own faith. Far too often, those called heretics have in fact been those who showed the most devotion to Jesus and his teaching. Jesus refers to local councils. For the Jews, a town of 120 or more adult males would have a tribunal of three judges. Further up the ladder were councils of 23 judges, then the 71 in the Supreme Jewish Council, the Great Sanhedrin. When we see how Jesus himself and in Acts the apostles were treated by the Great Sanhedrin, it is not difficult to imagine the local judges behaving the same hostility toward the disciples. Persecution will come from the secular side also. But note that the harassment of governors and kings is presented as an opportunity to witness to faith. We see in the book of Acts that most of the officials the apostles encountered were not converted, and yet the faith grew as persecution increased. When they arrest you, do not worry about what you will say or do. Jesus is not telling people not to give thought to what they will say, but not to fret and agonize over it, for worry wears down the weary faith that they are being harassed for. God gives us all the strength we need to help us to resist in times of distress, but he does not give it in advance, for if he did, we would rely on ourselves and not on him alone. We see in Acts that as Jesus promised, the Spirit would God this speaking of the apostles. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people. And that's Acts chapter 4, 8. Only a few weeks earlier, Peter and the other disciples had fled and hid themselves when their master was arrested, fearing that the same Jewish authorities who had put Jesus to death would come after them too. But the coming of the Spirit changed them into fearless speakers. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke. 
word of the godly, of God boldly. That's Acts chapter 4, verse 31. A character close up here. A tongue-tied prophet. Over the century, God has called people to spread his word, but has met with protests that the person was not an adequate speaker. God can and does use the imperfect. Consider the self-doubts of one of the great men of the Bible. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since. You have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And the Lord said to him, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go. I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. That's Exodus chapter 4, verse 10 through 12. The same doubts were expressed by one of Israel's greatest prophets. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I am only a child. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. And that was Jeremiah, verse, or chapter 1, verse 6 through 9. The puzzling salt verse. Everyone will be salted with fire. That's Mark, chapter 9, verse 49. Commentators have agonized over Mark 9, verse, chapter 9, verse 49, and sharply disagreed over its meaning. It comes at the end of a passage in which Jesus is given a stern warning against leading other people into sin and the need for removing any cause of sin in their own lives. If your eyes cause you to sin, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter into the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Since everyone will be salted with fire, follows this warning about the eternal fire of hell. It is tempting to believe the fire in verse 49 refers to the fire of hell, but how does that apply to everyone, unless it means everyone in hell? It seems clear that everyone here refers to Jesus' followers, the ones he is issuing the warnings to, the Jesus. The Jewish sacrifices in the temple were always rubbed with salt as part of the ritual, salt being a symbol of purity and of preservation. The disciples in offering themselves as living sacrifices to the Lord are salted with fire, no doubt referring to the testing of persecution. Through the fires of suffering, people of faith will emerge as seasoned believers. Fire, of course, was always connected with sacrifices, which we see reflected in Romans chapter 12, 1. I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Elsewhere, Paul wrote that 
fire will test the quality of each man's work. That's 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 13. Peter wrote about believers being like gold, refined by the fire. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 7. And spoke of preserving through the fire ordeal. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 12. Precaution. Persecutions have always had the positive effect of purging the church of its weak and lukewarm members. Those who fell away quickly when persecution came were obviously not very committed to begin with. In the Roman persecutions of the 200s, an interesting pattern emerged. An emperor would initiate a wave of persecution causing the death of many faithful ones. And with the desertion of the lukewarm believers when the persecution ceased or eased, the church was in fact stronger than before. New leaders emerging to replace those who had been martyred and inspired by their example. Many believers attributed their conversion to the steadfastness of those who did not desert under pressure. The Latin author Terlani Terlane was correct when he wrote that the blood of martyrs is the seed of the church. Did you know the early Christians often used the burning bush from the story of Moses in Exodus 3 as their symbol of persecution? Just as the bush burned but was not consumed by the fire, so the Christians endured persecution, but the faith was not destroyed. Rejoicing in the fire. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. And that's Matthew chapter 5, verse 10 through 12. This is one of the famous Beatitudes, the blessing that Jesus spoke as the opening of his great sermon on the mount. It is quoted less often than some of the others. Blessed are the meek, blessed are the peacemakers. And for an obvious reason, people don't like to think about persecution and certainly don't associate persecution with a state of blessedness. Being persecuted meant, as Jesus pointed out, being part of an illustrious group, a spiritual elite, for almost all the great holy men of Israel's past had been persecuted. Like other devout Jews, Jesus saw Israel's relationship with God as being one long chain of violent deaths for the righteous. Israel's most revered figure, Moses, was more than once about to be stoned to death by the ungrateful Israelites he had led out of slavery. Israel's most honored prophet, Elijah, lived much of his life under a death sentence. The famous Faith Hall of Fame in Hebrews 11 is a disturbing but inspiring summary of the lot of God's messengers. Some faced jeers and flogging, while others 
were chained and put in prison. They were stoned. They were sawed in two. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 36 and 38. Enduring persecution was walking the royal road of the saints of early times. The first Christians learned early on that everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Second Timothy chapter two or chapter three verse twelve. Stephan, the first Christian martyr, saw it as part of the world's long sad history of hating the right. Was there ever a prophet your fathers did not persecute? They even killed those who predicted the coming of the righteous one. And now you have betrayed and murdered him. Acts chapter 7 verse 52 Yet they endured. The missionaries, Paul and Silas, sang a hymn when they were in prison, persecuted for their faith. Paul's ability to endure persecution gracefully gave him the right to urge others to do likewise. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not care, and do not curse. Romans chapter 12, verse 14. His followers suffer, Peter counseled believers. Even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. And that's First Peter, chapter 3, verse 14. Instead of being fearful and anxious when we face harassment, we should, Jesus says, rejoice and be glad. The parallel verse in Luke, chapter 6, verse 23 leader says, leap for joy. Enduring means not only sharing in what great holy men of the past endured, but looking forward to an eternal reward. Matthew uses the Greek word mystos, or reward, numerous times, but it is clear from the context that he has no earthly reward in mind. The word literally refers to wages paid for work done. Great is your reward in heaven can mean in the eyes of God. Seen through the world's eyes, persecution is the lot of failure, the loser. Seen through God's eyes is the finest sort of heroism. And persecution also has the positive effect of showing the world for what it is. The world that people strive to succeed in his persecution shows not such a fine place. Who would wish to be accepted or honored by someone who persecutes those who are decent and good? How preferable is it to be abhorred rather than embraced by those in authority? The mud thrown at you by the impure is the pledge of your purity. And the world under the domination of Satan, a world hostile to the light, the believers understood that such a world 
is not their home. That their true home was, as Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven. Our citizenship is in heaven, and we will eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Compared with the heaven, what is the world worth? May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. Galatians chapter 6, verse 14. Hating the ambassador, if you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Remember the words I spoke to you. No servant is greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin. Now, however, they have no excuse for their sin. He hates me, hates my father as well. And that's John chapter 15, verse 19 through 23. A student is not above his teacher, nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. If the head of the house has been called Beelzebub, how much more the members of his household. And that's Matthew 10, chapter 10, verse 24, 25. Inevitably, the people of God's kingdom would not fit in with the world whose values were totally opposed to theirs. So, persecution was inevitable, ranging from social altruism and petty insults to physical violence, imprisonment, even execution. One of the striking things about the passage is how it expresses the unity of the believers with Jesus. Like him, they are out of this world, misfits in a spiritual sense, and like him, they will encounter trouble. Those who hated Jesus and his teaching will hate his followers also, and those who accept his teaching will accept his followers. Since Jesus the Father are one, to hate one is to hate the other. And a very real sense. Hating people of faith is hating God. To share the Master's glory, the disciples must share the pain and humiliation as well. After all, they are members of the same spiritual household. Sharing is an important concept here. No suffering is pleasant, but what gives strength to the persecuted is not only the satisfaction of obeying God while under pressure, but in knowing that we are not alone in suffering, that other people of faith, past and present, know what we are enduring. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. And that's Romans chapter 8, verse 17. Our hope 
for you is firm because we know that the just as you share in our suffering so also you share in our comfort second corinthians first verse seven and the verses from matthew 10 jesus speaks of the head of the household himself being called beelzebub another name for satan in a later chapter we will take a close look at this episode in which Jesus' power to drive out demons was attributed by his enemies to the power of Beelzebub. Boy, I tell you what, uh, I'm going to uh, I'm going to stop right there, and um, I'm going to pick it up um, on Friday, and we'll end salted uh, with the fire. In the meantime, I hope and pray that. Uh, that you pick up a Bible and that you check these things out for yourself, dear, my dear friends, you know, read, read, study it, learn it, make it a part of your life. And for those that do not know my Lord Jesus Christ, I encourage you to pick up a Bible, find a Christian friend, ask him a question. It's really simple. If you don't know Jesus, all you have to do is just think about your life. Are you happy about where you are right now? I mean, truly happy inside and out. If you're not, you know, all you have to do is just in your heart and in your mind choose to believe that there is a God and he sent his son to save you. And and I'll tell you what, you know, once you, you get to that point, you'll know, you'll feel it. And then all you have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me. Please forgive me for my sins. Come into my life. Be a part of me. Teach me. Help me. Guide me. Show me the way. And he will. And I thank you. I thank you for joining me. Heavenly Father, I ask that you just continue to bless these words. Continue to bless this work. I thank you for the opportunity to do this. And Lord, I just... Pray that you just bless each and every one that hears this word this day. You know, guide them through this day. May the sun shine upon them. And I just thank you for all the blessings. Thank you, Lord. Have a great and glorious day, and we will see you tomorrow or later. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.